prayer. Arguably the most important practice we have in our Christian spiritual life and faith. To study the Bible should immediately lead us to prayer. To worship God in the church is always to participate in prayer together as a community of believers. And to seek out God and spiritual health, however we do that in our day-to-day life, will always require us at some point to engage God in prayer. As a priest, I get asked to pray for people perhaps more than I get asked to do anything else. Even when there is nothing, I can step in and offer someone directly to help them in whatever situation or trauma they are facing. They still seem to take great comfort and appreciation in the fact that I offer to pray for them. And as a priest, I absolutely feel that appreciation of prayer for myself as well, knowing that there are so many people that are praying for me every single day gives me a whole lot of hope, and I honestly mean that. I am well aware that there are a handful of people who are literally praying for me morning, noon, and night. Many of them are folks I've met met along the road or family members. Some of them are people who are here in the church today, and a lot of them are folks who may not be able to be here with us, but who I know are watching online from their homes. I am convinced that their prayer impacts my life directly, not just metaphorically or symbolically, but directly. If nothing else, I know their prayers are keeping God's eyes tuned in on me as God's servant. And brothers and sisters, when God's watching you, I promise every step that you take feels safer and sound and more secure. And maybe this will come across as a little too Catholic for some of you this morning, but I am equally convinced that we all have loved ones praying for us on the other side of that veil that separates the living from the dead. Just as we ask those we love and trust to pray for us here on earth, the church has always believed that asking those who are closer to God in the heavenly realm is acceptable and important in prayer also. For the church militant is forever bound and attached together through the waters of baptism with the church triumphant. And if we believe that, then we can and should ask those who have died and gone to be with the Lord to pray for us just as we ask our aunts, our uncles, or friends, or our priests. At the same time, prayer, as important and central as it is for us as Christians, is certainly not always easy to hang on to, especially when life becomes a terrible struggle. I've certainly been with people many times who are struggling to hold on to even the tiniest portion of their faith and trust in God through prayer because of something that they are unexpectedly facing. Whether we've ever been in the middle of one of those terrible storms or not, we all know that life can suddenly unleash living hurricanes that are impossibly hard to understand and endure. Maybe it is sickness that is followed then by more sickness or loss that is followed by more loss or maybe it's that rug unexpectedly pulled out from under you when you least expected only to be followed by the very floor itself crashing through when you feel like you've just been able to get back up and onto your feet. I know I've definitely had a few moments in my life 
that have felt awful close to that. And as a priest, I've walked into many hospital rooms and homes to stand by someone in the middle of something so traumatic, so exhausting, and so painful that they just don't feel like God is listening to them anymore. Maybe you felt that way before in your life. Maybe you're feeling that way right now. Well, brothers and sisters, I'm here this morning, if for no other reason than to tell you that if you've ever been there yourself, there's one person who's always wanted to reach out and help us hold on in these frightening moments, and that person is Jesus. This morning in the beginning verses of chapter 18 of Luke's gospel, Jesus is actually trying to do just that, I believe. Jesus is working to help his disciples learn to pray and to pray with persistence, not losing hope, even when it feels like God may not be listening as closely as we'd hoped. Jesus tells his disciples a story this morning about a widow, a woman who's lost the backing of her husband, which would have rendered any woman absolutely powerless in ancient Israel in the time of Jesus. This widow, Jesus says, even in her weakness, has come to set before a powerful judge a case that needs to be filled. Jesus doesn't tell us what the case is or what the widow has brought before the judge. But whatever it may be, the widow is demanding her justice and she wants her justice now. And she sets out to accomplish this by staying on this judge without stopping. And this judge is a man who sees himself as not having any fear of God nor any respect for human beings. Well, Jesus tells us that after that judge attempts to blow this woman off and turn her away, he finally decides to give in to his demands. And I love the response we finally get from the corrupt judge that Jesus presents to us in his parable. Jesus says, the judge apparently declares to himself that though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming to me. Now, the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible chooses to translate a Greek word. The Greek word is hippopazeo, which I probably totally didn't get correct, but That's a Hebrew word, and they're translating it as wear me out in the judge's declaration to himself. But if you are to dig a little deeper into biblical Greek, you will find out that that particular Greek word in the text actually more correctly translates as punch to the eye. So in this, the powerful judge is more correctly saying to us, I will grant the woman her justice so that she will not come about and hit me in the eye. And I mean, this basically borderlines on not just persevering, but in threatening the judge, doesn't it? But in the end, it works. And this is how we find out justice prevails. Now, to hear this parable and compare it to the way we understand many of the other parables Jesus gives to us could make us think that maybe Jesus is attempting to teach his disciples to pray by telling us that God is the unjust judge. Certainly, the widow acted with persistence and perseverance in her action, going constantly before this judge, and by doing so, she finally got what she wanted. Is this supposed to mean? 
that God doesn't care about us any more than the unjust judge and will only respond to prayer if we stay on it so long that we ourselves might be threatening to sock God in the eye if he doesn't act. I suppose if Jesus stopped there, then maybe that would be the case. But Jesus continues this morning, finishing the parable by asking his disciples and you and me this important, concluding, defining question. Jesus says, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. Jesus is saying here that if someone who doesn't even care about a powerless widow eventually will give in to her cry and grant her justice, then how much more will God who loves us, who created us, and who chooses us to be his children respond and give us what we ask for? All we need is to trust in God's love, to not lose hope in the trust we have in God and to continue to pray and make our petitions and set them before him. If we do this, then God will give us something that we need. Perhaps it won't be exactly what we feel we want in that terrible moment, but we can be assured through our trust in God that we will receive what we need to get through it. The problem we face today that makes continued prayer even more difficult than it perhaps was 2,000 years ago is that we have a whole process of texting and getting responses almost immediately. In a world where we can send someone information or call them on our cell phones and get an answer or an update exactly when we want it, the art and practice of Christian prayer and the relationship it's meant to develop between you and me and God has lost the persistence and the perseverance Jesus is directing us to in the Bible this morning. For prayer, brothers and sisters, when we practice it constantly, when we practice it consistently, is never meant to be an attempt to capture the attention of a God who has too much on his plate to do or doesn't have the time or the concern to listen. God loves us, and God knows what we need before we even ask. Therefore, prayer is meant to be something different. It's meant to develop a deeper, more personal relationship between you and me and God. Don't we already understand in the world we live in today that we really have to get to know someone personally before we can ever develop a real and lasting friendship? And that for friendships to be transformed into love and to a lifelong relationship, we need to constantly communicate and listen to those we think of as our friends. This is what prayer is meant to bring about for us in our relationship with God a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. As St. John of Damascus, one of those saints that will be praying for us today around the heavenly altar, described long ago, prayer is the raising of the heart and mind to God. And if we raise our heart and our mind up to God, then prayer is meant to make us closer to God, to trust God and place our needs and concerns at God's feet with absolute faith and belief that God is already reacting, already responding, already reaching out for the needs before we even ask. We may not understand it or even sense how God is doing it, 
but because we've developed a deep relationship with God through Jesus Christ and through our continued prayer, we can at least learn to rest our hearts and minds in the blessed assurance that it's already being worked out. That's what Jesus wants his disciples and you and me to learn, to believe, and to somehow find a way to inscribe across our hearts. And if we do that, then brothers and sisters, no storm or hurricane, not even death itself, will ever be able to overtake us. Jesus is telling us that God is not like the unjust judge. God is like the friend, the family member, the brother, the sister who loves us and who is always there to try to work to help us even when we find ourselves at a loss for what to set before God. Continued prayer and persistence in prayer brings us closer to that relationship and that relationship provides us an avenue and a doorway to walk through whenever life throws at us its storms and curveballs. And for that, we can say to God, thank you. Amen.